0: Hi there! You're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling. Thank you so much for joining me, and uh, here we are, episode thirteen, number thirteen of the podcast. Hey, today I'm very excited to bring you an interview with Sarah Lipstate. She performs under the name of Novella, and I've been listening to her stuff for um, quite a few years now. She's she's awesome, man. She's um, how do I describe this stuff? It's she incorporates aspects of ambient. Music, drone music, noise, and performs it all single-handedly on a guitar. Usually a jazz master or a jaguar through a bunch of pedals and a looper, and she creates these incredible soundscapes. Now Sarah's been working as Novella for over ten years. She's released a whole heap of really great albums. She's done some really cool collaboration work. Um, one, just one of such was uh, live at Roulette with Lee Ronaldo from Sonic Youth. Now Sarah's based in New York on the east coast of the United States but when I spoke to her she was spending some time in Los Angeles right on the other side uh, of the continent and she was um, preparing for this amazing residency in a pop-up kind of uh, dining audiovisual kind of pop-up event called Monkey Town. You really need to look it up. To, uh, to get the idea but there's, um, she's uh, spending a week there as, as a featured artist so that looks to be really, really cool I had intended to talk to Sarah about her career um, as, a novella, as a whole as a whole entity but really we just got stuck on 2016 because it's been such a fantastic year for her she's been doing a lot of touring with Iggy Pop opening up Iggy Pop shows around the States and Europe um, finishing a tour in the Royal Albert Hall, which must have been an incredible experience. Now on that tour, Josh Hom and Troy Van Leeuwen from Queens of the Stone Age were actually in Iggy Pop's band, so she got to hang out with those guys and talk guitars as well, so we, um, we touched on that a bit during our interview. Sarah also tells us how she's revamped her pedal board in the last few months. She's, um, she is a pedal nut, she is so into it. So it was cool hearing about her new pedal discoveries and how that kind of stuff informs, um, you know, her compositions and her sonic exploration. Before we get to the interview, I just want to play a little sample of a novella track, just to give you an idea of just the immersive experience that it is. This is a piece called Fighting Sleep, and it's from the novella album No Dreams that came out in 2013. Sarah Lipstate, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Cool. Now, Sarah, I want to talk about your career as Novella, which has run for over 10 years. But um, can we talk about this year for a moment? 2016, we're only halfway through it, but it seems to have been an amazing year for you already.
1: It's been uh, an incredible year for me. Um, And, uh, you know, so many things have happened. This year, that I never imagined I'd ever <laughs> get to experience um, between, you know, the tour with Iggy and uh, getting to play with him at South by Southwest on my birthday. That was incredible. And uh-huh. um, finishing up the next novella album. I just wrapped that. Um, I don't think it's actually going to get released until the beginning of next year, but, um, you know, I was able to, uh, work on it. Um, actually began, uh, recording for it late last year. And, um, you know, then I went on the tour with Iggy in March, uh, and May. So I was able to kind of, you know, get some distance from recording and then come back after this incredible experience mm-hmm. and hop back into the studio and finish it up. And I felt like I was really able to channel my experiences and just the inspiration from getting to spend time with these incredible musicians into my work. And, uh, you know, I'm just really happy with how, uh, the new record, um, is sounding. So, yeah, I mean it's it's been an amazing year.
0: That's cool. That's so good. So when you say um the tour with Iggy, obviously you're talking about Iggy pop. So yeah, you did the South by Southwest, then uh, I think there was an American yes. tour and then Europe. Yes. That's really cool. How did um how did Iggy's crowds take to you when they see this solo guitar player opening the show and making these amazing soundscapes?
1: Well um You know, it was a little bit hard to gauge what the reaction was because, you know, these were the biggest venues I have played so far in my career, and there's quite some distance between you and the audience. There was one show that we played that was actually kind of added um, after the tour had already began, and it was in upstate New York. And that venue, because it was kind of like a last minute um, addition, was much more intimate. There were maybe like, you know, 1,500 people there instead of, you know, upwards of uh, 3,500 people. And that venue was actually all standing only instead of like your typical theater Steading, and so there were people you know pressed right up against the stage and I think that was one of my favorite shows just in terms of like you know connecting with the audience it was very intimate and uh you know I could I could feel that people were enjoying what I was doing yeah. uh, the other shows you know I just focused on giving the best performance that I could and um uh, most of the time, I made myself available, like at the merch table afterwards, so mm-hmm. I could actually, you know, talk to people who who wanted to, um, you know, meet me after the show. And I got a lot of great feedback that way. Obviously, the people who didn't get it or didn't enjoy it, they didn't, you know, bother to to come up and say anything to me, sure, which is perfectly sure. fine. But, uh, you know, there there were only a few shows where. You know, I looked out on the stage while I was performing and saw people on their cell phones or, you know, people were talking. Yeah. Um, But I was prepared for that. And the most helpful thing for me was actually something that Iggy said to me. Um, A few dates into the tour, uh, he he invited us to dinner. It was Iggy and uh, his whole band, which – you know, we're all amazing musicians. A lot of the Queens of the Stone Age guys and yeah, yeah, uh, Matt, Matt Sweeney and then Matt from Arctic Monkeys was the drummer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me that, uh, you know, he, he believes in what I do. And he said, you're a top notch artist and my audience trusts me. So if I think you're great and I put you on the bill and I put you on stage before me, like they're going to love it because <laughs> because they trust me yeah, and cool. they trust, you know, my my taste. And so I was like, you know, I, I don't know if that logic really holds true, but it was all I needed to hear. I was like, you know, I'm here because um, he personally um, – Chose me to yeah, to be there, wow. and so all i all I need to do is, um, you know, perform to the best of my abilities and enjoy it, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, yeah, hopefully the audience will, uh, you know, feel the way that that Iggy hopes they would.
0: Yeah, cool, and yeah, kudos to Iggy for um for choosing a support that's, um, yeah, yeah, maybe left of what <laughs> his 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 crowd would usually be into. So that's really cool. Yes. So in the band there was Josh Holm and and Troy Van Leeuwen. Did you hang out with those guys much? Did you talk um, guitars much with with those guys or music yes, in general? Yes, definitely.
1: Yeah. yeah, that was one of the um, you know the most fun uh, things about the tour for me because as as you know, any anyone who uh, has. Um, been a touring musician that there's so much downtime you know you have to show up at the venue pretty Mm -hmm. early for a check, and then you're just waiting around and so uh, the guys in Iggy's band um, were very like open and welcoming to me so I would get to hang out in their dressing room often my dressing room you know, if I was lucky, there'd be like a bottle of water in there. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> uh, and so in the in the band's dressing room, there would always be like, you know, a full spread of like snacks
0: and yeah, right.
1: alcohol and water, anything that you would want. So um, they were very generous in sharing that with me. And it was just like more fun to hang out with them than to hang out by myself. So um, I got to talk to Josh... And Troy um, about guitars a lot. I mean, Josh plays. Um, they they all play a, a wide range of different guitars, and um, you know, it, it was um, interesting for me to talk to Troy about. He actually has his own signature model Fender Jazzmaster. And yeah, yeah, that looks if awesome. you, Yeah, if you know Noveller, then you know that, um, like, for the past several years, um, I've played these offset guitars, um, Fender Jaguars, Fender Jazzmasters, that's just what I love, that's what I'm drawn to, and so when they told me, like, because the first show at South by Southwest, I saw Josh playing the Jazzmaster. So I went up to him after the show, and I was like, I had no idea you played a Jazzmaster. And he's like, that's Troy's. Talk to him about it. Uh-huh. So um, I I really, you know, asked a lot of questions. And, um, yeah, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I recently received one from Fender. So Troy, you know, uh, connected me with them, and I have his uh, signature model now, which is fantastic. That's so cool, yeah. Um, Yeah, but, uh, and you know, I like talking fax pedals and um, all kinds of gear, and uh, they they were really open to talking about that with me. And another cool thing uh, was um, that a lot of their friends who actually make pedals or make guitars came to these shows and so they'd be backstage and I get to meet these guys and they'd have like all these guitars and pedals with them. And so I ended up connecting, I ended up connecting, like for example, um, Dr. No effects pedals out of Amsterdam and, uh, you know, I've been uh, communicating with them and they're, they're sending me this crazy analog mother brain delay that has like these brains, (laughs) (laughs) the, the knob, the knobs on the pedal are actually like these little pink brains, <laughs> so it's it's pretty custom, it's pretty out there. But um, you know, just connecting with people—that's like really what I'm passionate about. And it was really cool that like through uh, through these guys, I was able to like meet so many other people. But um, yeah, everyone was really was really kind, and I mean. I got the overall feeling from, like, the band and the crew that I was kind of like their little sister.
0: Uh-huh, nice.
1: <laughs> um, so, you know, they took care of me, and we had a, uh, yeah, really, really great time.
0: That's great. Hey, I love it that most of us would go to the shop if we wanted to try out the uh, Troy's Signature guitar. You actually tried out Troy's actual guitar and then got a signature yourself. Yes. That's cool.
1: Yeah, except, like... Um yeah, I, I took a photo of me wearing Troy's um signature Jazz Master and the way like he has the strap so low that uh-huh. I couldn't <laughs> actually play it the way that he had it. But um yeah, I was able to get a feel for it and that was enough for me to decide like I, I need to have this guitar. So
0: Yeah, cool. You've got a yeah you've got a sixty one jazz master. Um what what's the? I do. What are the big differences? I mean, that's awesome in itself, by the way. A sixty-one, that's really cool. But compared to the um, the yeah. signature, what's what's the difference between those two guitars?
1: Well, they they feel um, pretty different. You know, the neck on a vintage guitar is going to be completely different than like a, a neck on um, the feel of a, a neck on a, a new make. Um, so. You know, also a vintage guitar is going to have its quirks. Yeah, sure. Which is, um, you know, part, or, part, part of their charm. But um, I was actually talking to Troy uh, here in LA yesterday, and I was saying that. Uh, you know, I had a lot of trouble using my violin bow and bowing the vintage Jazzmaster. Okay. But that the the TVL signature Jazzmaster bows just like really easily, um, sounds really great. Uh, there's a pickup switch that um, was a custom choice that he put in there that I, I really um, find useful. Um, so you know just in terms of like practicality like for this trip to LA I flew here I was only able to bring one guitar yeah so brought the the TVL signature jazz master um it's just more practical than my vintage guitars but sure you know I, I love them all and it's just part of the fun I'm glad that I'm in a position now where um yeah, I'm able to have more than one guitar and, uh, yeah, you know, it's, um, it, it just feels, feels nice, nice to be able to treat yourself to a vintage instrument.
0: Yeah. Unreal. With, um, with your Jaguars, is that a big shift when you're moving then, say between the Jazzmaster and the Jaguar? I mean, they're both offset, yeah, they've both got single coils, mm-hmm. but the um, the scale length's a little shorter on the on the Jaguars, isn't it?
1: Right. Um, there are some songs that um, I can really only play on the Jaguar unless I were to adjust the tunings that I use because um, of that extra fret that I have. Um, mm-hmm. So. For instance, um, some of the new song songs that I wrote, um, they're actually in a different. It works out well if it's in a different tuning, and I uh, can use the Jaguar and make use of that extra fret that's available. And sure. then, you know, keep keep uh, the Jazzmaster in the open D tuning, which is what I use for the majority of my songs.
0: Okay, when you say open D, um, mm-hmm. what what, have you, what are you going from low to A? Is that like a D, A, D, F sharp, A, D. It's,
1: it's exactly that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Cool. So the very traditional so, open D. Oh, so
1: that, yes. So, uh, I keep the jazz master in that tuning and, uh, I have the Jaguar currently in a different crazy tuning that, um, I came up with a long time ago and, um, it's funny. I'm not going to say what it is.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: it's it's a crazy pretty crazy tuning. Yeah. Um. So um. Yeah, that's the the main difference. Um, actually, I feel like the the jaguar the jaguars do have like a um a slimmer neck, and for me it's just easier for me to move, move around. I have very small hands. So, um, you know, that's, um, that's a consideration, um, for yeah. Why I've chosen these particular guitars. It's just a lot easier for me to, to play them.
0: Yeah. Cool. Now you mentioned pedals. I noticed, yeah, once you got off the Iggy pop tour, um, you seem to be again, relooking at your pedal board. So you've You've got it down to two pedal trains. Um, what are some of the yes. what are some of the new pedals you've been you've been checking out that you've put into your rig recently?
1: Well, um, let me start out by saying that uh, I, I started expanding pedal collection when back from the tour as part of, like. Uh, retail therapy, because I was so, um, (laughs) you know, it was, it was a come down, um, you know, when the the tour ended, because it was just so, so amazing, and so thrilling, it's just, like, such high to, to perform, like, the last show I did with them was at Royal Albert Hall in London, then I had to, yeah, then I had to fly back, um, And I immediately played a show in New York at an amazing um, the the Met Cloisters, which was spectacular. But after that, it was like Uh I didn't have anything else planned until these LA shows um, in July. And so I was I was pretty bummed out, and uh, so I decided to just really immerse myself in um, in playing. And um, experimenting with new things. And that's what led to me um, getting some new pedals. And so I think the first thing I got was the Montreal Assembly count to five. Oh, okay. which is a crazy like lay um, pitch shifting sampler pedal it's um very boutique yep. um i believe one that i have is the most current model and i think maybe 500 of them were made okay so um i was able to track one down on reverb.com and you know I paid more than i i should have just to like really get it and um uh yeah start start Playing with it as soon as possible, so that pedal is bonkers. Um, yeah.
0: In fact, your description—that was the most coherent description of that pedal I've ever heard because it is bonkers. Yeah. yeah.
1: It, but you know, that means it, it's a lot of fun. It takes a lot of time if you really want to, you know, um, figure out your figure out your way around it. Um, I want to use my phone to take pictures if I come across settings that I want to make note of with this particular pedal yeah sure when I go back and reference these photos I try to dial in like the the same um the same settings and it just like sounds completely different (laughs) it's just you know it's a really nuanced pedal but I think it's a lot of fun and um I've had a lot of fun experimenting with it. I haven't quite figured out how to incorporate it into my live set, but you know, not every pedal has to be, um, you know, used in a live setting. And, uh, so yeah, I started posting videos of me experimenting with, uh, with my pedals on Instagram. And so that opened up fun dialogues with, uh, the people following me on there and then people started recommending other things to me. Uh Um, Uh, I had previously, like in between the US and the European legs of the tour with Iggy, um, I had pre ordered the Electroharmonics Mel 9 pedal, which is like the Mellotron
0: um,
1: emulator. And so I had gotten that and was able to incorporate that into my board and use it for um, the European shows. So that was really cool. But when I got back, you know, I was able to spend more time with it because you know um it really takes a lot of time to go to go deep with these pedals and really figure them out so the mel 9 the the count to five and then um people started talking about the red panda particle which is a granular delay pedal and you know i was watching the knobs demo on youtube for that and i was like oh my god i need to track this down and i actually had a really hard time finding it and um I was in L.A. a few weeks ago. I was recording with my friend uh, Reggie Watts, and okay. I started talking to him about it, and yeah, he was cool. like, oh, these look cool. I think I want to try out their Context Reverb Pedal. So he got on the phone with the Chicago Music Exchange, and we ended up like ordering. Uh, he got the contacts and I got the Particle, and we had them like, overnight it to Los Angeles. Nice. And uh, we messed around with those. When we were doing our um, recording sessions, so
0: cool.
1: you know, I was happy that he kind of took charge and and found them and um and I think the t- two other pedals I got um, Caroline Guitar Company uh, sent me uh, the. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's like the the meteor um, lo-fi reverb. Oh yeah, I've seen it. Uh, yeah, to demo. Yeah, they sent me a, um, a a demo pedal of that, and I mean, I think that's one of the most unique reverbs that I've um, that I've gotten to to play so far. Um, it's it was really fun i used it on some of the recordings for the new album um also still trying to figure out how to incorporate it into um, my live set
0: okay yep
1: um you know these pedals that are are more unique um can be kind of difficult to to fit into like a set of pre-existing songs Yes. Yeah, sure. but I also really like the challenge of that and it can kind of breeze new life into a song that maybe I've been playing you know for a while so I'm trying to use them to kind of spice up um my set and also for the new songs that I actually used um when I was creating them then yeah. you know that's that's great too and then uh yeah, also on that trip to L.A., Troy uh, Van Lewin from Queens of the Stone Age lent me um, the Electroharmonics Super Ego pedal, and he, like, showed me what you can do with that, and uh-huh. I was just, like, smitten so hard with that pedal, so um, I used it while I was um, in town and then um, ended up ordering one for myself, so... Yeah, it was quite a lot of, um, yeah, acquiring yeah. new things. But it helped fill the void of <laughs> that you know left from the tour ending.
0: Yeah, and does that um, inspire? Does that and, inspire new sounds and new pieces, compositions? Oh uh,
1: yeah, of course. I mean, you know, another way, uh, you know another way of uh, spinning it is like I'm investing in myself and I'm investing in Noveller and my, um, you know, expanding my palette of tools that I use to, you know, do what I do. And um, I think that it does inspire um, my, my writing. Yep. And, um, you know, I've always approached the guitar from the beginning as like, I don't know how to play this thing, but I'm determined to make sound with it. So, like when you get a new pedal, it's like I don't really know how this works, but let me see what I what I can do. And uh, I think that the, I'm really like driven by that curiosity. So when you put like a, a new, a, yeah, a new set of uh, tools in front of me, I'm gonna try to figure out um, how to have fun with them. And so that's, yeah, that's what I've been up to.
0: Yeah, cool. So when you're writing uh, and you're creating new sounds and, and things, do you, are you considering how you might want to play certain pieces live or do you treat it as a totally different um, expression? So you're just recording the album and you worry about performing it live later.
1: Um, I worry about performing it live later Um when I'm writing for a new album, you know, my main focus is just, uh, you know, crafting a piece of music that is going to sound the best that it possibly can on the record, uh, which sometimes means, you know, I'm going to double up a guitar line with, uh, you know, something um that I know I'm not going to be able to pull off live. Um, Maybe, like, double it up with, uh, you know, like, a synth
0: line or something
1: like that. And uh, I just, I'm like, well, you know, um, when this is done and I'm coming up with the live arrangements, then I'll figure it out then. And that's kind of where I am right now, (laughs) figuring out live arrangements for some of these songs. But... Also stuff like uh, I used some Ebo, which I hadn't used in a really long time um, on, you know, record.
0: Oh, okay. Because I've I've heard you use that a lot in earlier stuff. That was a good deal, Yeah,
1: yeah. I I used to use it a lot. And um, I had to get one for... uh, I have a duo project with J.G. Thurwell, and I use Ebo a lot for that. Okay. I had to get one um, to do some recording... Um, while I was in Louisiana for that and so while I had it I ended up using it for some of the new novella songs I think just one okay and it was it was it sounded great um, cool. but what I'm doing now is um, kind of u- using the uh, super ego yep. to pull off those Ebo lines instead of actually you know using the Ebo and um, you know that's fun for me to figure out. But yeah, I uh, I think the the record is the record and the live show is the live show and the pieces should um, you know definitely resemble each other. But I don't feel like I need to like recreate anything line for line.
0: So the record's out early next year, but you've done it. That's uh, will that be on Fire Records yes. again?
1: Yes, it will be on Fire. Fantastic Planets, and they also reissued uh, No Dreams and Glacial Glow. So, you know, they've been good to me. Mm -hmm. They're based in London. Um, Curious to see, you know, how the the changes there with the UK will affect them. Hopefully, you know, it won't have a big impact, but sure. the records slated at, at the moment—it's slated for uh, an early February release.
0: Awesome.
1: So, yeah, it's you know that'll that'll be that'll be exciting. Yeah, great. Start off a new year with a new album.
0: Your albums—they always seem to have such a really strong kind of narrative. They really yes. work as a cohesive thing. Is that a a um, a conscious decision when you when you sit down to start a new record?
1: Yes, I mean, it's something that I definitely um, strive for, and uh, I'm really happy to say that I feel like, uh, that this new album that I just finished is very cohesive and has some really strong sonic themes that kind of go throughout, but it also takes these really um, exciting, like melodic. Twists and turns. So um, I think that it manages to be cohesive while also being diverse in terms of like the sonic landscape.
0: Yeah.
1: But um, I'm just I'm just really happy with how it turned out, and I think um, I think people who are have been following my work. And know the other albums are are going to be really excited um, about it. It's going to be I can't to to see what the response is going to be um, when it comes out.
0: That's great. I've probably been listening to you since oh, probably around Glacial Glow. So um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I've enjoyed the journey absolutely. So when when yeah. I say albums <laughs> have a coherence to them, um, that's been one of the cool things. It's like a little journey. The uh, so they, yeah. Glacial Glow, that was your one of your guitar-only records, hey? Yes. And then um, uh, No Dreams, I think you started expanding some sounds a little bit there, and Fantastic Planet yes. sort of continued. So, yeah, cool. Very exciting to follow the sounds you're making. That's great. Hey, I'm, Thanks. I'm, hey, I'm conscious um, we're probably getting to the end of the, your time. So, hey, thank you so much, Um for your time today it's been great to hear about well we just talked about this year really and that's been awesome it's yeah. <laughs> been cool
1: there's a lot to talk about sure um, in terms of uh 2016 for novella so it's been a pleasure talking to you matt and Cheers. thank you so much for having me on the podcast and uh yeah maybe we can talk again when the album comes out next
0: yeah year. i'd love that that'd be excellent that'd be really cool All right. Well, hey, thank you. Yeah. So thank you so much again and um, take care. Enjoy your um, residency in LA. And um, yeah. I
1: will. Thank you, Matt.
0: So we'll uh, hopefully catch up with you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Cool. Thanks, Sarah. Bye. All right. There you go. There's the novella interview with Sarah Lipstate, such a great guitar player and really innovative and doing some cool stuff so i'm looking forward to this new album coming out early 2017. now we'll let you know when that comes out but really you should um chase up some novella stuff for yourself um she's on facebook and instagram and and, and all those places and uh, sarah's often posting um sound clips of her jamming out on the pedals and um, clips from her from her gigs and stuff too so really well worth worth checking out Now, the Guitar Speak podcast, we've got a whole bunch of other episodes as well um, with players from all sorts of styles. You know, we're we're nothing if not interested in lots of different ways of playing the guitar. So we've had some rockers, some fusion guys, some acoustic finger styles, some uh, other more experimental type uh, players like, like Sarah. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm into all of it. I love it. I love it. People doing this stuff well on the guitar, pretty much any style I'm pretty, I get excited about. So um, you can expect more different stuff on the Guitar Speak podcast um, in the episodes to come. At the moment, let me tell you, I'm doing stacks of interviews. I'm on a, uh, I've got a little bit of a window where I can uh, get a lot of interviews done. So I'm kind of stockpiling them for the next uh, coming weeks. Uh, months perhaps, and um, I'm really looking forward to bringing a whole bunch of uh, players. Some of them you might have heard, some of them you may not have heard, um, but either way, I really think they bring something unique to the instrument, and uh, it's great hearing their stories. So, subscribe to us on iTunes, very easy to do through your podcast app on your iThing, whatever that iThing is. If you're not on an iThing, um, Stitcher is a great place to check out all our episodes or guitarspeakpodcast.libson.com has all our episodes there it's all free to download and check out and listen we are also on Facebook and Instagram you can connect with us there um, we love hearing from listeners and if you're enjoying the episodes um, if you share them around that's awesome you know, we really really appreciate that gets the, uh, gets the word out which, um, which is great All right, well, hey, thank you so much for listening in to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name's Matt Wakeling, and I'll see you next time.